a message that's entitled, Row, Row, Row the Boat. Not Row, Row, Row Your Boat, but Row, Row, Row the Boat. So if you all remember that song, um, it goes, Row, Row, Row Your Boat Gently Down the Stream. Merely, 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 merely. Well, I always thought that was merrily, merrily, but it's merely, merely, merely. Life is but a dream. So as I dissected that down, it, when, you, when you think of the last part of that song, it, it's, it's really not even right because it says that life is but a dream. And when you think about what people think and what people believe, I, th- I think people live, Gary, in this dream world of not being in reality that things are going to be different. But they live one way, but they expect things to change, and that's the definition of insanity, is when we continue to do the same thing, expect a different result. But this song is, has a deeper meaning than row, row, row your boat. When you think of merely, 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 it means to make life easy. And, you know, through Jesus, getting saved will absolutely change a lot of the hard stuff. But then there's still the challenges that we have to go through within our lives. And this is where I think the church um, is disconnected in a, in a lot of ways. And I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the universal church. Because the, the church, if the church was doing the right thing, then we would be rowing to convince people that they have a need for Jesus. But when you think about what is going on in the world today, what's going on in Israel, what's going on in our communities, and I've got a couple of pictures to show you uh, that, that will, uh, should alarm you, that this is not a, uh, Christianity is not a tiddlywinks type religion. This is a thing that is serious because we're dealing with the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. Do you know that the devil hates you? Do you know the devil's doing everything that he can to shut down the Pulse Church and gas away? He hates us. He hates us. And so we have to press to make sure that that doesn't happen. Let's show that first picture. Uh, Jacob, look at this one. Can you see it? This is Jackson County, West Virginia. There's a guy walking on a farm. He didn't see that, but the camera picked that up. Can you see what it is? Pretty amazing, isn't it? That's some kind of spirit there. It doesn't look harm it doesn't look harmful. But I, I don't know what it is, but that was in Jackson County in 2010. Show that other one. This one is from a, a friend of uh, Sandy Vance uh, in Florida sent this to her. This was in their house. I don't know. You, you, you see the in-between, the spot? It's hard to tell, <coughs> but there's a hand that's right there where the cursor is, and you can see the face. And the, and the woman, uh, the friend of, uh, of Sandy's said, that is the spirit of addiction that has been trying to attack her family that was in her home. And 
This is not tiddlywinks. This is not row, row, row your boat. Now, if you've gone to some of the places, and I'm not trying to be arrogant here, but if you've gone to some of the places that I've been, that I've been in, in, in South America and in, in Paris and Amsterdam and these kind of places, you know, if you go to Amsterdam, uh, they have like sex shops right there in downtown. They have the red light district where they're advertising. I didn't go in the red light district um, because I, I didn't want to go down there. And so, but from what the guys told me, is there's people displayed, you know, at the red lights, you know, that you can take home with you. And there was one guy that went with us when I was in grad school. I had to go to, I went to Paris and Amsterdam because they, they had, we had to do an overseas trip. And, and so there was one guy that absolutely, deacon in his church, and I guess he got away from home, and buddy, I tell you what, he was drunk the whole two weeks. And then when he got home, I, I saw him. I saw him after he got home, and I said, "Do you, you get things straightened out with God?" And he said, "Yeah, he did." And but man, it's just like the stuff that that goes on in this world. And it's like I I spent a lot of time in a hotel room because I didn't want to go out amongst all that stuff. And so I think you know it, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, but when you're dealing with the demonic. And you're dealing with these things, you're going to bump up against this kind of stuff. The spirit of anger. You know, I, I had a guy laugh at me one time. He said that he said he had the spirit of anger. And uh, I said, "Oh, you, you, and you're laughing about it?" And he said, "I have an anger problem." I had a lady one time, a young young girl. Her dad brought her to the altar, and this was in Columbia, Medellin. One of my Five trips that when I was there and this lady she I, I looked at her I said I said do you want to be free from this anger and rebellion that you're going through and she looks at me she says I guess shrugged her shoulders and I got to the place where I just said in the name of Jeep I didn't get past that she hit the ground she hit the ground and she was laying there then she began to cough and, and the, my interpreter, uh, Monica, was a doctor, a physician, an actual physician. And, and so her, her doctor kicked in because this girl was starting to strangle. And I said, just turn her sideways. So they turned her sideways. I don't want to gross you out before lunch, but there was a pile of gunk that come up out of her that they had to bring a mop and mop it up. But then when she woke up, she was free. See, God wants to use you in that kind of stuff. I remember uh, Ricky and Kara's son. Which one was he? That was sick. Malachi. He was sick. And, uh, I mean, he'd been sick for I don't know how long, but he was, like, really sick. And so she, she asked me to pray for him. And I, and I could still see the spot there. When I prayed for him, he threw up. Y'all remember that? He threw up right there. And he was fine after that. God wants to use you just like that. To be able to lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. To be able to, 
to go into a room and change the environment because of who you are in Christ. That's what God has called you and I to do. So, but we have to do that by rowing the boat. Not swimming on the outside of the boat, but everybody in the boat and rowing the boat. In the journey of life, the idea of rowing a boat emphasizes the importance of sharing purpose, number one, by sharing purpose, and number two, getting guidance from God, and then number three would be unity in purpose and direction. And when you think of, of Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's nothing any worse than having a church or having a family or having people uh, that are maybe married and, and they're not walking in unity. They're not dwelling um, together in unity. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. When we moved up here uh, with the Pulse Church uh, nine years ago, was it been nine or, or ten? Is it ten yet or nine? Seems like 20, maybe it's 10. And my family didn't get it. There was mutiny at my house. There was mutiny with my house. I don't know what God's doing with you up there, but we don't see it. And I sit there and I tell and I'm telling my family that I'm telling my family while they're sitting here, and I'm telling everybody that's within the congregation on what I felt God, uh, God was wanting to do. Christy finally got the vision when, when uh, Winfield launched. She finally got the vision when Winfield launched. She didn't have it until then. I had to just. Walk with her and say, honey, you just got to see it. You got to see it. And, and then when she saw Winfield launched, then she understood Gasaway and she understood Winfield. And then I told her there's two more. But I'm telling you what, we weren't all rowing in the same boat for quite a while at my house because we moved up here. And... Because my family didn't see the vision. And then, you know, our, our son, you know, Tori's ACL, and he was going through therapy, you know, physical therapy, where he met his, his wife. And then Lindsay had, had gone through some things with some relationships, and I thought that was going to be the death of me. But now there's peace within the, the, the spectrum of my home. There, there has to be unity. You know, and I'm not saying there's not going to be difficulty along the way, but there's going to be, there, there has to be unity, there has to be vision, there has to be that. And, and so when you think about sharing purpose, sharing guidance, and, and getting, uh, getting the understanding and the direction, it has to come from God, but we have to dwell in unity together. So when everyone is in the boat row, and rowing at the same direction, it creates harmony and enables us to move forward. 
If you have people that are moving, if you have people in a boat and they're not even rowing, then that's what you call dead weight. And everybody, and I'll get into this here in just a few minutes about the church and about how, and I'm talking about the universal church, rowing in the same direction requires a shared vision and a common goal. And when everyone's rowing together, resources are utilized more more efficiently. And we seek what God wants to do as we're rowing through this world. Now, as Christians, acknowledging Jesus as the captain of the boat is foremost the most important thing. It has to be. Jesus has to be the leader. He has to be speaking to people and letting people know what God wants to do. And it symbolizes surrendering our lives to his guidance and to his wisdom. Because I I think one of the things that people testify and they say uh, within their lives, they'll say, well, you know, God is the anchor in my storm. Well, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Who drops an anchor in a storm? You don't want to ever drop an anchor in a storm. You want to you press through it. You want to get through that storm. You want to get through to the other side. So as we row, row, row the boat, we're all moving in the right direction. Does that make sense by saying amen? So trusting Jesus as the captain involves seeking his, his guidance through prayer. What's your prayer life like? Following Jesus as an example becomes the compass the compass that directs our actions and our decisions. How many people have, have not prayed about a, a, a decision that they had to make and it worked out perfect? No controversy at all. You have to have Jesus leading you through the difficult times and through the bad times and through the good times. He is our compass. Now, on an airplane, you have two of those. You got one here, and you got one there. And you have to, and you have to every so often, reset, reset your, your, your gyro here because for some reason they, they, don't, they don't jive. So you have to reset this one to match that one. Because they'll, they'll get off kilter, just like you and I do. If we're not listening to the right voice, if we're making decisions on emotion instead of, uh, instead of facts, if we're, not, if we're making decisions uh, that are, are ungodly or, or we're not even including him in those decisions, then our compass is going to get out of kilter. And the next thing you know, you're going to be going in the wrong direction. Do you know that young pilots can go through a cloud and, and before they realize it, they're upside down when they come out through the other side because they're not trusting their instruments. They're trusting what they see. And, and if, I, if, I, if I oversaw a ministry on what I see, then I'm in a heap of trouble. Because you have to, you have to run a ministry, you have to see the ministry of what, how God sees it, and what he sees. And then I've asked him many times, I've told him, I said, you know, God, I don't get it, I don't see it, but I trust you. And that's what we have to do within our lives today. 
Trusting Jesus as the captain involves us seeking him in prayer. Our security is knowing that Jesus guides us towards eternal life and purpose. So you have to think about what is your purpose? What is God calling you to do? So you look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the authority and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the, uh, the throne of God. And then when you think about the third step of this sermon, is that everybody has an oar. Every one of us has a spiritual oar that allows us to row. It could be in your family, it could be in your home life, it could be in your church, it could be in your job. You know, if you have, if you have workers, you know, like for an example, let me give you an example. Within the ministry and, and within the daycare, there are 18 paid employees. There's 18 paid employees that do something for the ministry or for the daycares. But if all of those people, those 18 employees, are not rowing in the same direction, and if you've got a certain amount of people that are rowing on this side, and you've got several people that are rowing on this side, then you'll not get to the destination. And so that's why it's so important that as we walk with Jesus, that we're listening to him because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So every one of us is equipped with an oar. When you acknowledge and embrace your calling, it contributes to the overall success of the journey. And your calling creates, uh, it creates the ability for the boat to go forward. And then recognizing your individual calling brings personal growth and a deeper understanding of God's purpose for each one of us. See, I don't ever question my calling because I know what it is. I know what my calling is. And I, I, I don't question that. But understand what, what, we're, we're, what we're dealing with is Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So what are you called to do? I'm hoping what we can see to grow this church would be a huge amount of connect groups. You have a connect group of softball. Playing softball and a little Bible study after. You have a, you have a connect group of guys that, that hunt. They get together. See, here's, here's, the thing that, here's the thing that we forget. Is that just because we're Christians doesn't mean that there are not things that we like to do. So you intertwine those things with what you do. You know, we, Andy and I get those guys saved out at the airport. Man, that'd be awesome. That's a ministry within itself. 
By rowing in the same direction, trusting in Jesus and his leadership, embracing our individual callings, the boat navigates to the direction that it needs to go. The boat that I'm talking to you about is the Pulse Church Gasaway. I'm not a very good swimmer. I do have a scuba diving license, and I certified scuba, and, I'm, and I, I, had to, I had to tread water for like 20 minutes. It was horrible. I had to throw my mask in the deep end of the pool down in South Charleston, and then I had to have, a, have my regulator in and go to the end of the pool, get my mask at the bottom of 12 foot, put my mask on and clear it and come to the top. It's kind of strange on how to do that because you're, you have to constantly tell your brain and tell your nose not to suck in water because you're breathing with a respirator. But I, I, I'm not a very good swimmer. But I will tell you this, I can row a boat. I can also tell you, I know how to flip one. How many times did I flip that, that small kayak? Yeah. Everybody's waiting on me. We're down at, uh, that was a small one though, wasn't it? Wasn't that a smaller one? And, and so what happened was, we're all kayaking several years ago, and everybody's in the water, and they're looking at me, and I'm getting in and dump it right off the bat. Fills up with water. Well, we drain the water out. I get back in it. Flip it again. Fills up with water. Finally got it the third time. Christy and I went and bought the big ones, and I've never flipped that one since. But I flipped those little ones twice, and that's crazy. But I know how to flip a boat, and it's no fun. But I know how to row a boat. And when you go down the rapids of life, which are out here, on, on, uh, on the Elk River, you know, there's sometimes we've gone through some of the, what do they call them when the water's rapids, and, and there's another name for something, shoals, yeah, yeah. When you go down through some of those things, and it's like, you see it. You see it coming. I mean, you see you're getting ready to go down that, and you can't stop. And you've got to figure out how to balance yourself to make sure that you don't flip. Or get stuck. But we know how to row. Every one of us has gifts and talents. But we can't be swimming alongside the boat. And we can't be drowning either. We got to be in the boat rowing together. I believe we'll get there as, as God helps us. In reaching these 10,000 unchurched people for Christ. But time's short. When you see those pictures that are not altered. Of the demonic. That's trying to destroy the homes of the people within the church. And the homes of the people outside of the church. There are so many needs. And we can win those people to Jesus. 
but it's got to be us doing it. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is here leading you and I and directing us in the way that we should go. But if you haven't got your oar out for a while, I want to encourage you to get it out and look at it and hop in the boat and start rowing so that we can win souls in Braxton County for Jesus. Stand to your feet. God is so faithful. You know, at first, <clears throat> I thought we could sing that Row, Row, Row Your Boat song, and, and but then I thought, nah. But we need to do it. We don't need swimmers, we need rowers. People to row, to get in, to get in the boat and to row. Jesus, we just thank you for safety of all the traveling that we've done over the weekend and God that you brought us here safely and, and Lord, that you're working on people and helping people to be what they need to be and Lord, I just pray you do something big in this house. Lord, I just pray you do something big with the daycares. I pray for a revival to break loose through the daycares. I pray for Winston-Salem. <coughs> I pray for Lexington, Kentucky that's still on the table. Other campuses, Lord, around the world, whatever you want to do. People that are watching us on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, God. And we just pray that we're ministering to people that need it. And Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor for it in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray that everything that is accomplished, you'll get glory and honor for it. But help us, God, to be what you've called us to be in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer today, if God's dealing with you over something, I encourage you to come. I encourage you to talk to Jesus about it. You want to come and pray for your church, I encourage you to do that. And let me tell you something, if, you're, if, if the demonic is, is, is on your, your, back, your back tail, your, your feet, nipping at your ankles, change that. He has nothing over you. He has no power, scripturally backing that up. Luke chapter 10, 18, 19, and 20. John 10, 10. The devil comes to lie, kill, and to destroy. But he said, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Man, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but if you don't want the abundant life, I'll take yours. Because I want to walk in it. I refuse to not walk in it. <clears throat> because God is faithful. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. And we praise you for it. In the name of Jesus. Anybody have any needs at all today? I encourage you to come. Talk to Jesus about it. Give you praise. We give you honor. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. A lot of hurting people in this world today. I want to encourage you to meet some of those needs. Meet some of those needs of people that are hurting. You may be here and you're hurting. Then come and ask God to heal you today. You can ask him from your seat to heal your broken heart, whatever you're going through in your life.
Jesus' name. Give you praise, God. Give you thanks. How worthy you are,
may be seated for just a minute, what we're going to do for Christmas, uh, the Christmas parade this week, is um, Christmas parade is Friday.